Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. Welcome to Almost Here, Around the Corner of Future Technology Podcasts with Richard Jacobs. Future technologies poised to transform our lives for better or worse are the focus of this podcast. Almost here means these technologies are now here and starting to be used, or just around the corner, from Bitcoin to artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more. Hi, this is Richard Jacobs with Future Tech Podcast. Um, I guess today is Tomas Likar, the uh, Vice President of Business Development at HyperWallet.com. Tomas, how are you doing? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me, Richard. Yeah, uh, let's, let's dive right in. So tell people what uh, HyperWallet does. Uh, sure. So um, we are an uh, uh, enterprise payout provider in the fintech space. And uh, the company, even though it's usually uh, put in the bracket of fintech startup, it's, it's actually been around since uh, 2001. It was founded by uh, a Canadian fintech visionary named Lisa Shields. And through different iterations, it evolved into what we call today a corporate payout platform. Uh, so essentially what it means is that, that we work with uh, many mid-sized and large corporate customers who make thousands or tens of thousands of global transactions every month. And there can be different use cases for their transactions. Uh, some are paying sellers, some are paying freelancers, uh, others might be paying their vendors. But the key is that doing all of this in-house is extremely complex and we can deliver the scale advantage and take all the admin burden out of their system uh, and and help them basically deliver funds in the most efficient way using our financial network and technology behind it. Well, what are the pain points right now you see with firms? You know, how many people are involved where it becomes a whole production to uh, to make payments? Mm-hmm. You know, at what scale do you need to come in? Or are you are you most helpful? Yeah, I mean, we always say, you know, if, you, um, if you're making 10 payments a month or 100 payments a month, then probably going directly to your bank and doing these transactions manually is not, not so much hassle, or you can always use something like PayPal. Uh, it really becomes an issue once you're making, call it 500 or 1,000 transactions a month, and you're suddenly dealing with uh, 100 or 150 countries, different currencies then the risk right. and the, the overhead and, and also the regulatory side of this business becomes becomes really complex. Uh, so, you know, we, I mean, obviously it's it's not a solution that would work for, for everyone. I mean, there are other providers that, that do a really good job for, for really small startup companies. Uh, but we, we sort of build the product around the notion that uh, there'll be more marketplaces coming to the market where they're administering fairly complex business models and helping trade between different countries. So that's that's usually the role that we try to play today. What about, um, I don't know if you have a lot of companies that are dealing with, uh, you know, cryptocurrencies or tokens as payment, or is it still just pure fiat? 
So I mean, it's um, it's actually still very old school. So, I mean, when we when we look at our financial network, so I mean, that's that's probably the most uh, impressive asset in the business. Is we we work with uh, fifty different bank and non-bank partners who help us deliver funds to the destination countries in sort of the most most seamless way possible. And uh, uh, I mean, obviously, we're looking at blockchain as as one of the options to move money around the world. Uh, I mean, eventually we all believe that it will replace SWIFT and and uh, become the, the universal ledger. Uh, uh, but it's, you know, for now it's it's the acceptance and, and sort of the adoption among these, these bank partners is not there yet, uh, although I'm, I'm fairly certain that it will happen in the next few years. If you look at the, the currencies, specifically Bitcoins and, and other types of, of user-facing currencies, uh, we actually haven't seen that much demand from from our users, and I mean, we we are fairly uh, open in the way that we let we let our payees decide how they want to get the money in their destination uh, country and currency, and we usually give them options from bank account transfer, prepaid card. They can get it to their existing debit card. They can pick up cash or get a check. Uh, and and very very few actually have been asking to uh, to get a bitcoin out of the system. So I mean we we constantly keep looking at it, and when the demand picks up, we'll, we'll certainly go with some solution. But uh, typically, when when you offer people the option to get um, uh, money to their bank account or selected financial institution, uh, they're completely fine with it. Yeah, makes sense. And you need to, you will. Um, what are the top most preferred ways by people to get paid and what are the easiest ways for companies mm-hmm. to do the paying? So, I mean, um, depends, depends a lot on the use case, obviously the amount and, and the country. And, and I mean, we see, we see lots of regional differences. I mean, for example, in the U.S., uh, checks are still fairly prevalent. I mean, we don't, we don't like them, but we, uh, we understand that some people like checks, so we still, we still send them. Uh, prepaid cards are actually a, a fairly easy way how to get paid out, especially if you look at uh, what's happening in the sharing economy, uh, right? So, I mean, many people fin- uh, complete jobs that uh, earn them 10 20 maybe $100. Uh, and uh, if you do a bank transfer, it's usually not the cheapest way, and it takes a couple of days to complete. Prepaid cards are actually a fairly easy way how you can give someone a unique way how to get paid out and you can load the prepaid cards for free and you can do it in real time. So that's that's sort of replacing other use cases. Uh, then if you look at Europe, I mean, e- Europe is typically mostly bank transfers. I mean, that's what people have been used to getting. Checks are almost non-existent in Europe. And in other parts of the world, it, it can be things like different mobile wallets in Southeast Asia or or simply a cash pickup in 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 uh, different countries in Africa. What, uh, how about for the businesses themselves? How, how do they prefer to pay people, and what's easiest for them, especially when they deal um, with uh, you know tons of people or, or different countries? Yeah, yeah. So I mean, when you when you look at what uh, what the U.S. or European businesses typically offer when they do this in house, is they would they would typically have some sort of option to receive check maybe PayPal, and then if you want the bank transfer, they will only do it if you're transferring a certain amount because it's extremely work-intensive and expensive for them to send um, a swift bank wire. Uh, mm. So the, the sort of the value proposition and the whole idea behind our platform was that they can they can come to us as a single source uh, where we administer all of these different payment methods. They have to have a single integration into us, and then we manage all this complexity and all these choices on the back end. So 
So as long as the corporate wants to provide this choice to their payees, we can we can offer these payees um, at least five or six options in each country. So the payee ultimately chooses how to how they want to get paid out, and and obviously these options come with different different price point. They come with different speed. Uh, but uh, what we are finding out is is giving people this optionality instead of forcing them to accept payments through one payment method. Uh, typically fosters a uh, lot more user satisfaction and and ultimately loyalty uh, with these with these marketplace platforms. And uh, which countries do you deal in most? And which ones are well? We don't need to worry about the rare ones. But what are the top mm-hmm. countries in which you have your solution implemented? Um, I mean, the, if you look at the volume, I mean, it's it's uh, it's primarily the the uh, first tier countries. So I mean, everything in um, Europe, um, um, India, China, obviously U.S., Canada. Um, but we we don't really differentiate between between the different countries that much. I mean, we we have the solution uh, ready to deliver um, funds in 130 currencies in basically every single country around the world. And the only thing that that that's different for us is how many different options we offer in each country. Right. So for for half of these countries, for roughly 100 today, we have uh, local accounts in e- in each of these countries which means that we basically do just local transactions to get the money to the end user, which is, which is really cheap and, and fairly, fairly quick. In most countries, that would be one to two business days. Um, um, then for all the long-tail countries, I mean, it, it's not always economically feasible to have, have money sitting and parked in, in every single country around the world. So we, we usually solve that through other ways, uh, such as these prepaid cards or, or some mobile wallets or, or, or even wires. Which which countries do you see as the most progressive and wanting to help you uh, help people to get paid? Which ones are resistant? Um, I mean, it's 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 typically the uh, the longer tail countries that we don't think about where where most of the friction happens, right? So it's it's fairly easy even for the corporate themselves if they want to start paying people in the U.S. or in Europe. It's it's not that difficult to open a corporate bank account and and uh, find a bank partner that will help you do it. I think the friction happens when you when you suddenly have to deal with uh, the different countries in Southeast Asia, uh, where lots of marketplaces and sharing models are are emerging today. Uh, you have some highly regulated countries like uh, Brazil, Argentina, uh, China, or Japan, where even just opening the corporate bank account might take uh, uh, months or years, um, and then the the regulatory complexity is much higher. I mean, for example, getting money in and out of Brazil. I mean, there are only a handful of institutions that are licensed to do that. So, so I think we we typically see clients when they come to us and they say, you know, we we try to build this in-house. Uh, it works till you get to country five or six, uh, but then we realize that this is this is not a scalable solution, and we need some partner that will help us execute this globally. So, what's on your roadmap? For the next uh, six to twelve months, what improvements or changes are you going to be making? Um, I mean, we we obviously constantly keep adding new new methods and new new ways to pay people in new countries. Um, so I think kind of testing something around blockchain or or, or different Bitcoin based currencies uh, is definitely something we're constantly looking at. I think the other theme that uh, that comes up quite often is is what we call pay services. Um, so when you when you look at the uh, even in just the U.S. the population of freelancers. So I mean, U.S. you have something like 40 million people who are classified as freelancers today, uh, and compared to standard payroll employees, 
they get uh, very very few services, right? It's it's really difficult for them uh, to get any sort of banking services, things like loans or or just the short term loans for income smoothing. Uh, it's really difficult for them to get uh, to get health insurance. Uh, so we're looking into into working with partners that would sort of create this ecosystem for for freelancers where we could offer these different services through our platform because we have fairly unique entry point into the industry. I mean, we have today about 8 million payees registered on our platform. Uh, so if you look at the, the different payments platforms in the U.S., that's definitely one of the one of the biggest populations. And so far, we have only been offering them uh, basic uh, transaction services. Um, I think there are a lot more interesting partners out there that can help us expand this portfolio. What, what's the top service in addition to getting paid that uh, people are requesting? Um, so one of the one of the services that's fairly popular on our platform for the corporate customers is is what uh, we call spendback, uh, where essentially uh, when you think about it, and you're you're a seller uh, selling on someone else's platform, right? Then you you get you get the payment out after the the goods have sold. Uh, but uh, many many of these marketplaces realize that uh, what these sellers actually do is that they go and buy more stuff on the same platform. So Imagine it as if you were selling something on Amazon, uh, then you get paid uh, that amount that you sold for on Amazon, uh, but at some point you also become buyer on Amazon. So, so what we end up doing is is integrating this almost backwards that the balance that you got paid out into your hyper wallet uh, can go back to the original corporate and can be used to buy to buy other things without necessarily using your credit card or debit card. So it it becomes like a very, very restricted version of uh, of a wallet that can be used on that on that single website. Oh people have money trapped in certain spots that they need to free up, is that why? Uh correct. And it's it's also and it's a it's a lower transaction cost, right? Because the money hasn't really left the system. It's the corporate has paid their seller uh, and the seller hasn't really moved it to their bank account yet. So, so for you can always offer some sort of benefits because for the corporate, it's much cheaper to accept the payments uh, in this closed loop system than uh, than if the if the buyer comes back and uses a standard uh, uh, credit card. Hmm. Okay, very interesting. Um, any other solutions that you're coming out with? Uh, maybe large enterprise side, or is it more going to be for the individuals that are getting paid? Uh, it's. I mean, there, there's definitely lots of development going on on the on the corporate side. I mean, we we work with um, um, several large enterprise customers where where many of the things that we do are are very. Um, um, I mean, they're they're always white label, but they're very customized in the way that we we build it for them. Which is sort of our focus is is to build systems that work specifically for their for their use cases. Um, I, I think the uh, the um, um, couple of things that we we have launched recently or are working on are, for example, last year in the in the U.S. we were uh, Visa's launch partner for for Visa Direct solution, uh, which is actually a fairly convenient way how to get paid in the U.S. even if you don't want to share your bank account information. Uh, so how it works is is you simply go. Uh, into a, a provider like us, and you input your Visa or MasterCard 16-digit number, and then the funds will land on that debit card that that's associated with some sort of bank account, typically within within 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, and I mean, when you think about it, it's much simpler to pull out your debit card from your wallet than to uh, to think about your routing code and bank account information, where people often make mistakes when oh, they definitely. when they're not not used to it. 
so that's that's one thing that's uh, that we have been we have been um, um, piloting with Visa since since last year. Um, I think the the other the other option uh, that's that's becoming more popular is uh, these e-wallets that we're seeing emerging in in other markets. And typically, it's it's country by country. I mean, there's really no global e-wallet that that people would would transfer money to. Uh, but it's things like uh, smart money in uh, Philippines or you know M-Pesa in in certain African markets. Uh, so we sort of recognize that that some of these markets. Uh, the bank infrastructure um, uh, is not as prevalent as in the U.S. or in Europe, and and some people basically use these e-wallets as their as their primary bank account. So we want to offer as many of those as possible. Well, very good. So, so what's the best way for companies or individuals to get in contact with you and uh, you know, to start a relationship and see if you offer their services, your services to their company, or if they can pick up your services? Uh, easiest way is just to go through our uh, website. There's a simple questionnaire uh, that you just fill out with some information about the company, and uh, we will sort of look at look at the use case and uh, NSS if uh, if it's a good fit. Uh, if not, I mean we can always recommend other solutions that uh, uh, that work and might be better for for that use case. Uh, for the developers out there, we also offer a sandbox. Uh, and we have a we have a pretty advanced uh, REST API suite. Uh, so if if they go to hypoloadcom slash developers, they can sign up for Sandbox and basically try all the functionalities that we offer, all of these countries and different payout methods uh, uh, within within the developer environment. They can even build it uh, to their website. So at the point when they when they want to launch, uh, we can basically just run through the standard process, but the integration uh, is usually done at that point. Well, very good, Tomas. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and I really appreciate it. Thank you, dear Richard. The Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference is coming to Dallas, Texas, February 16, 17, and 18 in 2018. If you know of a better way to get the latest insider knowledge about crypto, to hear directly from the top minds in this field, to interact personally with 800 fellow crypto lovers, hodlers, investors, miners, traders, developers, and founders, then I'd like to hear about it. If you don't, then you don't want to miss out. Register today for the Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Blockchain Super Conference. Go to BitcoinSuperConference.com and register today as a super early bird to get the lowest rates on tickets and hotel rooms. That's BitcoinSuperConference.com. You have been listening to Almost Here, Around the Corner Future Technology Podcast with Richard Jacobs. Subscribe to this podcast, post a review, to discover more future technologies that are poised to transform our lives for better or worse, such as Bitcoin, artificial intelligence, 3D printing, blockchain, virtual reality, and more.